0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Something Healthy. This may be my last episode for a couple weeks, for a few weeks. I think I'm going on an unofficial maternity leave if you can't even go on maternity leave when you work for yourself and, you know, you don't have a fucking job. Um, (laughs) If you can go on maternity leave when that's your situation, that is what I'm doing because next week I am having a baby, whether I like it or not. I'm being induced next week. Being induced was not part of the plan. That is not what I wanted. As you guys are probably familiar with already, none of this pregnancy, nothing that has happened in this pregnancy, you know, there's been a lot out of my control. It's been a lot of stuff that I wouldn't have chosen. Um, So at this point, I'm kind of just getting used to going with the punches and Accepting that there are a lot of things in pregnancy that are out of my fucking control and next week as much as I wanted to go into labor naturally I am currently 38 weeks pregnant and the baby has essentially stopped growing according to the ultrasound scans and my midwife and all of the doctors so they think that she will do better on the outside than on the inside and her abdominal circumference the baby's abdominal circumference, is in the third percentile, which means that 97% of babies at this gestational age are bigger than her. So that's not the best news, Um, and she doesn't really seem to be growing that much more. She's still super active and everything else is fine, but they just want her to grow more, hopefully, on the outside. It's called fetal growth restriction. What I have when your baby kind of is very small and can't really grow more, Sometimes it's because your uterus, like it just doesn't stretch out enough. Sometimes it's because of stress. Sometimes like they don't know. Um, I can say that I feel like I've been pretty healthy and conscious of everything I've been eating. So I don't know what it could be. Um, I think it's stress, honestly, for me. And maybe there were a few weeks where I wasn't eating exactly as much as I should have been. But even then... I mean I I don't know. I I think I tried to do everything right. You try to do everything right and that's just what it is. When they told me last week that they wanted to induce me, they actually wanted to induce me this week. I had a pretty much fucking aneurysm in the at the doctor's office. And I was like I can't be induced this week. Like it's too soon. I was I pretty much would would have been being induced today. And I think when it comes to something like this, as much as there's so much that's out of your control when it comes to pregnancy and obviously childbirth, you also have to listen to your body. And I just felt like I needed another week and they were comfortable with letting me go another week because everything else looked healthy, the blood flow, the heartbeat, everything else. So they were like, okay, we'll just monitor you. I'll let you go another week, but then you have to be induced because you've got to get this baby out. So next week, um, we'll see how it goes. I'm praying that, I'm pretty much just praying I don't have to have a C-section to be (laughs) completely honest. Um, I'm praying that the baby's heartbeat doesn't, the heart rate doesn't get into fetal distress, which can happen with inductions because they use like the synthetic version of hormones that your body would naturally release during labor. So instead of oxytocin, which is like a happy hormone that sends your body into labor, during induction, they give you pitocin, which is the, synthetic form they also give it to like cows so that's very great to know makes me feel very feminine and beautiful they're giving me the same hormone that they give to fucking cows but anyway uh, if they give you too much or if your body doesn't respond well to it to the dose that they're giving um or the baby's body doesn't respond well it can just cause a lot of stress and then your baby's heartbeat gets sent into distress and then they're like boom we got to do a c-section because the baby is now in distress so praying that that doesn't happen because, uh, being induced was really one of the last things I wanted because I know it can lead to C-sections, one in four inductions end in a C-section. So yeah, I am. And also the contractions are much more painful when you are induced because when your body naturally goes into labor, the oxytocin acts partially as like a pain reliever. Um, because our bodies are fucking amazing. And the kind of happiness, pleasure hormone that's also released, like helps your body deal with the pain of contractions. But when you get Pitocin, you don't have those happy hormones. You just have the contraction element of the hormones. So you feel everything much more and allegedly it is quite a bit more painful. So at this point, I don't even I'm probably going to regret saying this, but I don't even really care about the pain that much. Again, I know I probably regret that. I just kind of want to avoid. I don't care about the pain in the moment as long as that pain leads to a safe, fast, you know, uncomplicated delivery. I would rather have pain in the moment instead of an epidural, a C-section, and a long drawn-out recovery. So I'm just hoping that it is relatively smooth. But It is fucking crazy because even though I've obviously been pregnant for nine months, I've known that this is happening for nine months. I've known that there's like a literal child inside of me or a fetus. If you don't call babies, you know, if you, whatever, some people don't call babies, babies until they're born. And I understand. So regardless, there's a human growing inside of me and it is, I don't know if it's, I'm disassociating, but there is just something so surreal about like knowing it's going to be on the outside and it just like came from it's what I'm saying now probably sounds so stupid to you guys because you're like yeah you're pregnant and then you have a baby that's how it works I understand trust me I get it but there's something so surreal about actually thinking about like I'm sitting here and there's like a full-grown baby pretty much inside of me just chilling like and next week it'll be on the outside like what the fuck <laughs> I don't know if that element of just like disassociative surrealness goes away if you have other kids cuz you kind of like have experienced it before but as a first time mom someone who's about to experience it for the first time i'm kind of like bro what the fuck <laughs> like th- what and anyway it's just it's it's a little bit crazy but i'm grateful that my mom is here now upstairs so hopefully she doesn't listen to everything that i'm about to say um, and yeah, hopefully it just, it goes okay, but I'm guessing, I don't know, I don't, I, I think I'm going to take a couple of weeks to probably not work as much because, uh, I don't know what it's like to take care of a newborn. And I'm assuming that it's not going to be the easiest. I'm assuming it's not going to be the easiest, even though people say that the newborn stage is easier than when they start teething and stuff like that. I'm just, honestly, I'm terrified <laughs> of um, the whole thing. Not, even, not just birth, but like actually taking care of a newborn. So I feel like I'm probably just going to be staring at her for like the first two weeks, just making sure that she's okay and uh, trying to sleep when I can. But I can imagine there's probably not going to be much sleep that happens regardless. And there's still this part of me that keeps thinking like, even though I've been alone for pretty much this entire pregnancy and by alone, I mean like I'm not married and the baby daddy like literally ran off very early on. And I've known that, you know, I was going to be doing this alone from for a while now. Like I've had time to accept that and wrap my head around it. There's still like the fear now of the reality of really doing it alone. And, you know, being the only person that's on the birth certificate and like, the two pillars that are supposed to be in a family having one just not not supposed to be but like the traditional family having one that's just having me be both of the pillars that are supposed to hold the the whole structure up um it's really scary and obviously obviously it was always going to be scary but i'm just realizing more and more like i am terrified and i know it's too late now to I mean, what's like, it is what it is now. It's too late to, it doesn't matter that I'm scared it's happening. But, um, yeah, I've just been trying to wrap my head around it even since last week. Like I know I didn't put out an episode, but I had a friend staying with me and then my mom came and then they told me I had to be induced. And like, I just needed a few days to wrap my head around it because I'm just not a fan of big medical interventions. And it just wasn't what I fucking wanted, you know, you know, but if anyone is looking to have a baby in the near future, the best advice that I could possibly give, and this is the advice that I hate the most, but I think I would have had a better time in pregnancy had I accepted that there was so much out of my control during this process, because I have been really trying to control like everything and it hasn't worked because it's so out of your control. Like for example, also at your 37 week appointment that I had last week, the midwife tested me for all the STDs again. Thankfully, I don't have anything great news, but they also test you for group B strep, which is like a bacteria that comes and goes in all humans or most people. Um, but if you're positive for it, there's a one in 200 chance that you can pass it to your baby and then they can develop like sepsis and other illnesses. It's pretty much a bacteria that if you have an immune system as an adult, you're fine. But if you don't have a developed immune system like babies, there's a, there's a small chance that something could go wrong. So if you have it, they pretty much put you on IV antibiotics, my nightmare. And, uh, just do that during labor. You're strapped to your bed on IV antibiotics. I fucking hate antibiotics. So I was like, please, let me not have this shit. Like, I don't want to have this. And by the way, it's not an STD. Like, it's not a disease. It's like a common bacteria that like, I don't know, 30 or 40% of people test positive for and it can leave and it can come back and whatever. Uh, I was like, just please, let me not have this shit. I already am dealing with this at fucking induction. I was just on antibiotics for something else like a month or two ago. Like, please just, can I just not have this one thing, please? <laughs> And of course I have it. So um, perfect. And there was nothing I could do. I Googled how to prevent group B strep and it says, take probiotics, eat well, do all that shit. I do all that. And here we are. Anyway, it's not the end of the world. I would much rather have group B strep than like chlamydia or something like that, or an STD. It's not, it doesn't mean you're sick, but it's just another thing that once again is out of your control and if you try to control it, it does. It just stresses you out. And I am very good at stressing myself out. So, of course, I have stressed myself out about it. But I do kind of feel like I'm at an interesting crossroads. And I'm sure other women who are about to give birth have experienced this. But I pretty much just feel like I'm so over being pregnant. Like, as much as labor is probably not going to be the best feeling, being at the end of your pregnancy is so uncomfortable. And just like... <sighs> not, you don't, you just feel so unlike yourself that I'm just, I want to go back to the things I love to do as selfish, as selfish as that might sound. Like I want to go for a sauna. I want to have a drink. I want to be able to feel like myself and move my body in a way that like I have always been able to, and I can't now, but at the same time, like, I just don't feel ready to give birth. And I am as much as I can't wait to be a parent, And as much as I can't wait to start this new year and I already feel like this pregnancy has kind of brought me back to myself in a way and just I kind of feel more like myself than I have since I was literally a kid. Like just with the last nine months having to kind of sit my ass in the house and marinate in my own bullshit and think about like everything that is... a you know everything that's contributed to my life so far and how i've ended up here and all the good decisions and the terrible decisions i've made and everything like that and not drinking and not you know getting distracted by men and all the chaos of going out like i feel it more like myself now than i have in a really long time and i realized the person i was last year in 2021 like, I was looking at my old Instagram stories with the bleach blonde hair and the big ass lashes and showing off money every day on my Instagram stories and being at the club every day, tagging like, come see me at Folly's Day Shift, da da da. I was like, who the fuck is this bitch? Like, who is she? I don't recognize this woman. I don't know her. And it was literally me last year, but I just realized like I was so lost and I was just clinging to anything, trying to make it work, trying to make it happen, trying to make something happen, trying to have something to show for myself. And I did but now like I do I feel more like myself than I have in a really fucking long time like years and I'm grateful for that but I'm fucking terrified (laughs) I am terrified of what is about to come as much as I want to embrace it it's just this feeling of unreadiness I don't know if you ever fully feel ready to have a kid I'm sure men kind of experience this too when you know you're about to have a baby like you start to reevaluate your whole character, your whole person, like everything about yourself. Cause you're like, damn, my kid is going to learn from me. Like what the fuck example am I setting? Like, who am I? Am I like a shitty person? Like how much accountability do I have to take here for all the falling outs that I've had with people for all the L's that I've taken? Like what's really going on? So I've been doing a lot of that, but I am just, yeah, at this crossroads and I'm like, I'm not ready. (laughs) I'm not ready, but I also don't want to be pregnant anymore. And it's a little bit too late for, uh, an option that doesn't involve having a baby and, and not be like, it's too late. We're going to have a baby. That's what's happening. So yeah. And in a sense, as much as I am scared to do this alone, just going back to this nine months of reflection that I've, you know, been in. (laughs) I do think honestly that having nothing to do with my baby daddy at this point is kind of a freedom and a privilege because had he still been in the picture or had I allowed him to kind of be half in, half out, like whatever the case would be, I would be sitting here like hoping that he you know changes or comes around or something like still living in this sick delusion and opening myself and my daughter up to kind of a lifetime of like where's daddy and this unstable male figure in a young girl's life like that's not healthy in any way so who knows what the future looks like like I'm not obviously gonna stop him from seeing her if he wants to in some capacity I don't really know what that would be I honestly even doubt that he would want to at this point like I don't know but in a sense I am kind of grateful for the clean break and like being able to just focus on myself and my daughter instead of being once again like distracted by these kind of like muddled emotions and you know all the other bullshit that can come with someone Having one foot in and one foot out of your life, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I don't know if that sounds weird, but like I do kind of feel like it's a freedom to not have a baby daddy that's like fucking your life up. Because I know people who have baby daddies that kind of fuck their lives up, and personally, I'd rather mine just, le- just literally go away. Like, please just leave me alone, leave me with my peace, the shreds of peace that I have. Please just go away. And as much as it has taken me a long time to arrive at this place I think I have finally accepted and I'm not sure if I've really touched on this before but it's something that I'm definitely still working on big time still working on it big time and not with the baby daddy like fuck him um, but just in general this is something I need to work on however clinging to the possibility of maybe with emotionally unavailable people is a form of self-harm maybe one of the biggest forms of self-harm that you don't even realize you are fucking doing like I have spent the last five six years we've talked about this (laughs) literally clinging to the possibility of maybe with people who are fully emotionally unavailable and men will let you do this because they love to have you on the back burner. They love to have you as an option just in case things with their main girl don't work out. And I am sick and deluded enough to believe that to delude myself into saying like, Oh, well I'm different. Like he really likes me. He really cares about me. He really loves me. And whether or not that's true, here I am once again, feeding into the delusion, um, by saying whether or not that's true because the point is like, you can't just cling on to maybes. You can't. And one thing that's brought me a lot of peace throughout this process, and that's bringing me peace now, knowing that I'm about to become a single mom and not wanting to be a single mom forever. Like I don't plan to be here for long. Um, I don't, I really don't. That's this, this is not the end destination at all. This is the starting point. But I think as you enter your late twenties, your early thirties, Hell, I don't know, your 40s, we'll get there when we get there. I I can't speak on it because I've never experienced it, but I feel like now that I'm 30, I am starting to understand that like intentional relationships don't take long. Like you don't really need. And there was someone on TikTok that was talking about this, and it really like kind of made me see things, made me see relationships in my past relationships in a new light. Because I think, sure, when you're in your early 20s and stuff, you want to I mean, you're not in a rush to do anything, and you're still figuring yourself out, and your partner's still figuring themselves out. And it's just, you know, there's a lot in flux. And then as you get older, fewer things start to be in flux. More things get locked in, whether you're more stable with your living situation, your money, like whatever it is. In general, you're going to have fewer things in flux. Even though 30 is still relatively young, and I feel like I still have a lot of shit in flux, there's less. And you can get to a place where like you can communicate what you want and you don't need to date for like three or four years before you get engaged and get married. Should you know who the fuck you're marrying? Yes. (laughs) Should you go get married after three weeks of knowing somebody? Fuck no. But like you can be intentional about your dating and your relationships. You don't have to like fuck around for three years to see where things go. You know what I mean? And I just think like now that I'm 30, my next relationships, or hopefully just one relationship, let me not pluralize that shit because I don't want a bunch of them. I just plan, they're going to be more intentional. Like I'm not, I'm not just, you know, hanging out for nine months just to see what happens. I'm not doing it. And I wish I had that clarity sooner. I wish I had that self-worth sooner because I think as much as I wanted more intentional relationships, I always was worried that if I was more direct about what I wanted I would scare the person that I liked off but it does kind of bring you some peace when you realize like I'm gonna listen to this train I'm sorry you guys it's so loud when you realize though intentional relationships don't take that long you can be with someone and build something in a year or a couple years like You can do it, and I I don't want to rush into anything with somebody that I don't know. That's not what I'm saying, but I hope what I'm saying still makes sense. And just, you know, as a kind of last point about this, I didn't realize, but it is a common adaptation in childhood to sort of see the good in people who have caused you discomfort. Because as a child, like, you need to be taken care of. You need your needs met. And so that's like a common adaptation that a lot of us have, whether it's like a parent that's causing us discomfort, we see the good in them, or just like any sort of caregiver, whatever the case may be. The problem is when you take that adaptation a step further and you see the good in people who make your adult life miserable. And I think that's kind of what my problem has been, and honestly still is. Like I see the good in people who treat me like shit very often and not just like be like oh my childhood was so hard but it's something that we learn it as children and something to be aware of as you go through adulthood when you look at your relationships and when you look at the people that you allow close to you like who are you choosing is it people making that are making your life miserable because maybe you have what I have and there was this adaptation that you took in order that you got in order to survive as a kid. And now you're still holding on to it as an adult and baby, it's not, it's not healthy. Like it's not, it's not the best way to go about finding relationships. And what happens is, and what's happened to me is like, I've talked about this, but you just end up, you know, choosing people the same person kind of in different bodies. You end up choosing variations of the same person in just different forms and you end up not really going much of anywhere because everything kind of ends and explodes in a similar way because you're picking the same fucking person that's giving you the same red flags. That's treating you like shit in the same ways over and over and over again because that's what's familiar and you see the good in them (laughs) because you've been doing it for decades without realizing it in order to survive. So hopefully, hopefully in the new year, We're going to say goodbye to that version. We're going to say goodbye to that pattern because I am fucking done. No more. There is, unfortunately, no award for suffering, as many people have said. And as I've obviously always understood, we all understand that. But I still, I think deep down, I still always believe that there was some kind of award for suffering. Because I think I equated suffering with being kind of like a good person in a way. Where it's like, oh, I'm not complaining. I'm not you know, bringing too much attention to myself. I'm working hard, aka kind of suffering. Like I'm keeping my head down till I get to where I want to be. And all of those things, well, keeping your head down till you get to where you want to be and working hard, that's great. But nobody will give you an award for suffering. And if you are intentionally or unintentionally, but still making yourself suffer, it's not the vibe. It's not... It is not what 2023 is giving. And I'm happy that at least this pregnancy has given me that clarity and just a little bit more self-worth in that way. We'll see if everything I'm saying can actually be applied in real life. Hoping it can be. However, um, you know, talking and, and actually doing what you say you're going to do are two very different things. And it is rare that your life kind of happens according to your plan or life happens according to exactly what you say you're going to do. If nothing else, time has definitely taught me that. However, that's just something I've been thinking about. It kind of, when you think about it that way, it kind of like takes the spice out of destructive behavior. You know what I mean? And I think in 2023, whether or not you're about to have a kid, whether or not you're about to go through a massive life change, regardless, like... I think 2023 is the year of taking the spice out of destructive behaviors and if anyone could have heard that last year or two years ago or three years ago it is me but I'm glad that I'm kind of finally getting to that point because I'm tired I don't it's not attractive to me anymore it just isn't and there's also the element of like and this I know in the new year, people always make resolutions. This is completely unrelated sort of, but whatever I'm going to fit, make it work in the new year. I know people always make resolutions to like be more healthy and lose weight and be fit and all that stuff. But honestly, after you have a baby, like I'm so fucking excited to snap back. Like I am so excited. I have never looked forward to doing a sit up more in my life than I am right now. Like I cannot fucking wait. I'm going to plank sit ups, sauna, hot yoga, give it to me. I want to feel good physically again, because also it helps me feel good mentally, but I just want to feel like attractive and good. You know what I mean? Cause like at this point, I feel like the Grinch, like my stomach is huge. Uh, it's just not, I can, you know, throw up a couple cute poses on Instagram, but every day, day in and day out, I don't, it's not, it's, It's not giving what I wanted it to give. I don't feel sexy. I don't feel good. I mean, I feel okay, but it's like, you know. Anyway, so I'm just really looking forward to kind of feeling physically good again for a little while. And I feel like the bounce back and the snap back is always more personal. Like, the bounce back, it's just, you gotta show (laughs) your fucking not necessarily your enemies, but everybody like, okay, I did it and I bounced all the way back and then some. Something about bouncing back, whether it's physically, mentally, financially, whatever it is, it just feels so much more personal to me. And just this physical bounce back, bitch, I'm taking it so personally. Not saying I'm going to be like some fitness guru, but I think that paired with just Going into a new year with a baby, taking a little bit of the spice out of self destructive behaviors feels like a really good combination, you know? And I hope that that can help somebody else who maybe wants a little bit of a change in the new year, too. And I think a big part of that, also, just a big part of the bounce back in general and this new kind of headspace, if you can call it that is I think there's something to be said about when you stop separating yourself from the people that you admire. Like obviously sometimes life will separate you for you. Like sometimes your circumstance, like just your apartment where you're living, the car you drive or the car that you don't have, like you're not exactly going to feel like JT who's being gifted a fucking Rolls Royce for her birthday, which I think is what she just got gifted. By the way, I'm so over like seeing celebrities be gifted these fancy cars like I'm just I'm I don't know maybe I just need to unfollow a bunch of people but I just I don't care I don't even believe that they're theirs I feel like the cars are leased it's just a flex to make people feel shitty not make people feel shitty but just to to flex for what almost was like the old version of Instagram and flex culture that it feels like it's on its last limb anyways but anyway sometimes life will separate you you're you from the people that you admire just by circumstance but also mentally I think like for a long time I've kind of separated myself in some ways like I realized recently I really want to I kind of really want to name my daughter Sunday I really like the name I think it's traditional but it's unique but it's like everybody knows the word Sunday but I love the connotation of like it's Sunday it's the weekend it's a day of like God and worship and it's sunny and it's leisurely it's like God's day but it's you know there's so many positive connotations to the word and it's not a common name but there's been some famous Sundays like the Sunday Reed was like a famous I think Australian art collector there's a few it's used but it's just not used often and I was thinking like I was like, I feel like Kanye would name his kid Sunday. And I know that's probably not the best reference to make right now because Kanye, I don't know what the fuck's happening with him. But it seems like it's like a name that I think Nicole Kidman named her daughter Sunday. It's a name that if like a celebrity or someone or like somebody who kind of was like very wealthy, like I don't know, even Elon Musk or something, if he named his daughter Sunday, I'd be like, okay, yeah, makes sense, whatever. But for me, I was like, I feel like I should pick something that's more... That's safer. That's more traditional because I don't want her to have a hard life. And a name seems like at least I can simplify her life with her name. You know, like I I don't need to make this child's life more complicated than it needs to be because I'm not a billionaire. I'm not a millionaire yet. And I don't want to like have this poor baby go through like (laughs) hating her name and having a hard life. Like at least you can like your name. It's the least you can do but then I was like, but why am I assuming that I'm always going to have a hard life? Why am I, or why am I assuming that like, I shouldn't name my kids something that's slightly unique? Like, why don't I get that luxury? Why do I have to pick like Samantha? I was like, no, I can pick Sunday. Like it's not that crazy. And I don't have to separate myself so much from like these other people that I kind of admire. I don't, Why, why do I do that? Why is that my gut reaction to be like, oh, that's nice for them. And I would like that for me, but I'll do this instead. No, that's nice for me too. I'm going to do it too. So I guess that's my long winded way (laughs) of saying, I kind of want to name her Sunday. I don't know. I don't know. I still haven't decided. I I, I do like the name Eleanor as well. And I like the name Adele or Adela. My grandmother's name is Adela. Um... There's a few on my list. I like Olivia. It's traditional, but it's very common now. Um, There's a few on my list. But anyway, it might be Sunday. We'll see. Next week. I guess I have to come up with the name by next week. So by next week, we will know. Unless I pull a Kylie Jenner and change the kid's name and then I don't tell anyone about it, but I wouldn't do that. But again, see, again, I'm separating myself from these rich and famous celebrities, and yeah, whatever. Bye next week. If anyone has any name suggestions, by the way, let me know, because I am open, and my my regret is that I will choose a name, and then the next day, it's kind of like the day after Halloween, where it's like you start to think of all these amazing costumes that you could have been, but in the moment and leading up to it, you couldn't think of fucking anything. So just let me know. I'm open to suggestions, however, I think we'll see. And yeah, other than that, I'm really going to try and record another episode soon, but if I don't, it's because I'm literally having a baby and I don't know how it's going to go because I've never done it before and I don't know how the induction is going to go. There's a lot that's being left up to fate and chance currently. So pray for me. And I will see you guys soon. Hopefully, if you want to follow the whole birthing experience, I'm probably going to vlog it on TikTok and just be posting updates over there. It's Claudia Millions on TikTok. And other than that, I will be back soon with my daughter, hopefully somewhere near asleep and maybe screaming, probably both. But yeah, other than that, good night. And I will see you guys soon.